family. And this podcast is about encouraging you to trust yourself again, especially when it comes to business. It's about self-worth and self-belief, and it's about leaning into our intuition for guidance. I know so many women, including myself, who see business as an opportunity to better the lives of other people while creating one we love. But so many of us get lost in the world of business advice. I believe the impact of our business and our connection to our people is really more determined by our thoughts about ourselves and our energy than it is by our marketing strategy. So if you're tired of trying to do business like everyone else, how about we try doing business differently? Hey, we are live. We are live. What do you talk about first? Oh, I don't know. There are so many things that I want to talk about with you. Um, okay, so the first thing is because, like, the the Rebecca that I know is like the Rebecca that I see on Instagram and in the Happy Hustle, and I see Rebecca the designer. I also see Rebecca the mom. Mm-hmm. But but I want to know. Um, I want to know like your story, I guess. Like, I want to know you a little bit better. Um, Like maybe where you started. I know before we recorded, you mentioned like that your journey had a lot of like. (laughs) It's like a big squiggly mess. Yeah. Yeah. And so did I, by the way. So I think like so many of us probably do that. But yeah. yeah. I think like everybody is kind of like that. Um, Okay. Well, let me just. I'm trying to think like where I should even start. I actually tried to record my own video the other day about how I got started as a designer. And I was like, I'll just like do this casual fun video where I chat and I was trying to make cookies at the same time. And then my kids literally <laughs> screamed like the whole 10 minutes that I was trying to record. And I was just like, okay, forget it. This is obviously not the time. <laughs> Um, like Instagram versus reality. (laughs) Seriously. Oh my gosh. I always, it's like this very fine line for me. I, I'm comfortable with like my life. Like I have kids, it doesn't bother me, but I'm also conscious of the fact that it could be distracting for other people if my kids are screaming. So I'm like always trying to find that fine line of just being like, yeah, this is my real life, but also like, let me focus on this. Yeah. Um, okay. So my story, let's see the day of my birth. No, <laughs> <I don't remember. laughs> um, so let's see, I, I married my high school sweetheart. Mm. Um, and we got married. I was like just graduating college and he was just starting college. So he, um, had served a volunteer mission for our church and then came home. So he was kind of like behind in schooling and I was just finishing. And, um, I had studied advertising and advertising design in college. And I had, I like debated on, I debated being like a graphic design major. And then I also, I play the harp um, which I like never talk about, but I played the harp. So cool. And so there was a small part of me that was like, maybe I should be a harp major, um, which spoiler alert did not end up happening. <laughs> um, the, like I still play the harp, but it's like 
I'm still figuring out where it fits into my life. Oh so, my God. I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, one day I have it in my kid's playroom, which is probably a terrible idea, but <laughs> I had to make room for my desk and my husband's desk anyway. So, um, in between the time that like I got married and my husband graduated from school, I basically, I had like a bunch of different full-time jobs and I was trying to find, I don't even know what I was trying to find. I was trying to find a job that I loved, um, but I really had no idea what that was. And I felt like um, my college um, like major really pushed everybody to work for an advertising agency doing like creative direction or graphic design or that kind of thing. And I just like did not want to do that. Um, so I got, I got a job for like an SEO agency that I hated. And then I had a job for Dish TV for their like in-house design thing. And I hated that too. Um, (laughs) And let's see, I I guess both of those were like internships. So they were like short-term things. And then I worked for a while at a dental lab of all places, um, doing like marketing and design stuff for this Mm -hmm. dental lab. And that was kind of like a turning point for me as far as like figuring out what I wanted because the pay was really good, but I hated what I was doing. Like it was just one of those jobs where you're like, counting down the time oh. till you get to leave and you're like okay it's four o'clock that means at five o'clock I can leave that means I only have four 20 minute increments like <laughs> oh it's just anyway yeah but because I had that job and because it was paying me well um I decided that like whatever my next job was was going to like be the job Like I wasn't going to take a job unless it was my dream job. And um, at this point I hadn't even like considered doing like freelance stuff or anything like that. Like my only thought was to do full-time work. Um, So I, and I'm like a very decisive person by nature. Like I make decisions very quickly. I generally know what I want and I just like do it. Yeah. Um, So if I don't know what I want, that is like very frustrating to me because I usually do. Um, But I made this list of like what I wanted in a job. And um, I was like very explicit, like like I want a design job because I had been doing a lot of like kind of marketing type stuff. And I was like, I want to design. That's what I love. So I was like, I want it to be a design job. I want it to pay this much money. Um, I want to work with women because a lot of my work I had like at the um SEO place and stuff I was like one of two women out of like 30 employees you know yeah so I was like I want to work with women um I I said like I want to do something that feels like meaningful and purposeful to Mm. the world and not just like some dingy dental lab like that just was not appealing to me and then the other thing that kept coming to mind was that I wanted to do something feminine and I had no idea what that meant, but like that word was like in my head. 
Mm-hmm. So I wrote it down and I remember like telling my husband, um, Cobb is my husband, short for Jacob. I was like, mm-hmm. I feel like I need to do something feminine. And he was like, what does that mean? Like feminine hygiene? Like you want to work for a tampon company? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I just feel like I want to do something feminine. So he's like, okay. So I had this list and I just kind of like looked for jobs and nothing was really coming up. And then it was about like six months of that where I was like looking for a job, but nothing was, I didn't have anything. And I was still working at the dental lab in the meantime. Anyway, long story short, an old friend from college reached out to me. Also, that makes me sound like I'm 50 years old. Jeez. A friend from college reaches out to me and she's like, hey, haven't talked to you in forever. I work at this nonprofit and we're hiring a designer and I thought of you. Oh my God. Okay. And I kid you not, every single thing on my list, (laughs) like every single thing on my list. It, so this nonprofit was, it's called the Unique Foundation. I don't work there anymore, but I love, love, love them and what they do. Um, they provide healing resources for women who experience sexual abuse and trauma as children. And their brand is very feminine. It's very empowering. It's a nonprofit. It's very impactful and really about like actually helping women like rewrite their stories. And I got to design like their website, their brand, their books, like everything. And so when I went into like interview for the job, they're like, you know, why do you want this job? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I have this list and I mean, I don't remember if I said this explicitly, but I remember thinking like, this is my job. Like, I I don't want this job. This job is for me. And just like really feeling that way. Um, And I loved that job. I worked there for three and a half years um, and went from being, like they started out really small, went from being like the one graphic designer. And then we got two more graphic designers and then another one. And then I managed this team of designers and photographers and just loved like loved the whole experience. I loved the, the foundation and my team and everything. Um, so, and then during that time I had my first baby, Peter, um, and did like maternity leave and went back to work. And then I was pregnant with my second baby, David, who's now like a year old. And, um, during that time, so like Peter was in daycare and stuff and Cobb was finishing school and I loved what I was doing, but our home life was a disaster. (laughs) Um, It's really hard to have both parents work full-time away from home. Mm. And I know other people do it and we were like, I mean, I guess Cobb was in school full-time and working part-time, but it was just one of those situations where like you're so busy and you come home at six o'clock and you are exhausted from work. And then you have this one-year-old who's running around and you're like, what the heck do I feed you? Never mind the fact that like your house is a mess. You have no clean laundry, like all those things. Yeah. Anyway. It's a lot. Yeah. So, um, we, we kind of felt like, okay, 
you're going to have another baby. I think what's going to make the most sense is Mike Cobb was going to graduate. So he was, and he already had a job lined up in Dallas and we were living in Utah at the time. So it was very logical for us to say, okay, we're going to move to Dallas. I couldn't do my job remotely. So it was like, okay, this is time to do something else. And, um, Anyway, I'm probably like rambling too much, but basically I left that job and I kind of had the intention of like doing a freelance thing. I, I really didn't know like how much I wanted to do if I wanted to do like full-time, part-time, you know, like run my own business or just like find a part-time job. I was just like open to whatever. Um, and like, I'll, I'll, we can talk about business, the business side of it um, also, but I just want to mention like, I felt like I had to kind of, I feel like I've had to kind of refigure out my identity with each new life change. So mm-hmm. like when I got married, I had to kind of figure out like, okay, who am I like as a wife? Yeah. And then when I had a baby, it was like, okay, who am I as a mom and who am I as a working mom? Because that was like an identity that was new to me. And my mom did not work growing up. I had a pretty like traditional, my dad worked and my mom never did. And so that was new, even though I really liked it. It was like, I got to figure this out. And then having another baby and being like, okay, now I'm a stay at home mom. Anyway. So I just feel like every time that that has happened, I've kind of had to readjust and um, I know sometimes people say things like, oh, you lose yourself in motherhood or you find yourself in motherhood. And for me, I just, I don't really love the idea that like there are these different sections of me, if that makes sense. Like, it's not like wife, Rebecca, mom, Rebecca, business owner, Rebecca. It's like, it's all me. And um, one thing that I, I used to talk about this with um, one of my coworkers about bringing your whole self to work and like bringing your whole personality and your whole life, like letting people in. And so that's like more of the view that I have. Like I bring my whole self to everything. Um, It shows. Yeah. Like, like I don't necessarily love it. I don't necessarily love the idea of like, Oh, I only work when my kids are asleep even though I know that that works for some people, because to me, like, it's all connected. Like I'm a mom and I'm a designer and I'm trying to build this business and I'm a wife and I'm like a house cleaner and a freaking maid all the time, you know, like it's all kind of combined. Um, Yeah. So that, I feel like that has been kind of an important thing that I've learned in that process. Yeah. What was the hardest what was the hardest thing for you when it came to like those identities that you had to kind of reaffirm? <sighs> um, so many things. Um, I struggle with comparison, like big time. So like seeing anybody else doing the things that I felt like I should be doing or I should be doing well um, is like always hard for me. Like, I, I finally feel like I'm at a point where it doesn't shake me as much because I'm more comfortable, but like 
every time I would see somebody who was like a full-time working mom and like had their crap together, I would feel bad about myself. And then I'd also feel bad about myself when I saw somebody who was a stay-at-home mom, because I was like, oh, should I be a stay-at-home mom? Like, I just, like everything would make me feel inadequate. Um, so that was really, really hard. And it's, it's also hard, like this is still hard for me, balancing the priorities. Like my family is really, really important to me, but my work is also really, really important to me. And I don't like feeling like I have to choose. I mean, that's basically why I haven't chosen because I don't want to have to choose. I want to do both of them. I want to be good at both of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those things are hard. And just being a perfectionist in general, feeling like, oh, I should have it all figured out. I should yeah. be able to do this. Um, that like mentality just does not yeah. serve me, but it sneaks <laughs> in all of my I guess it's good in your work, but maybe not so much when it comes to feeling yeah. good about yourself. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. What were, because I feel like even if you're still struggling with that, I feel like you've probably done a lot of, like had a lot of progress with it. Um, I'm just curious, like what were some of the mindset shifts that help you the most to like feel good about where you are even if it's not like perfect yeah so I'm really big on list making um yeah <laughs> I saw your stories today <laughs> yeah um so I mean I'm just looking right here I'm in my room and I have a list um of things that make my dream life <gasps> Read it to me. <laughs> there, I mean, I, I'll, I can't see all of them, but I remember what's on it because I look at it every day. Um, it's just like, like stupid, silly things that I'm like, these are the things that I want for my life that I just try and make happen. So like one thing is I always want to be reading a book. Mm. So like I always have like books that I'm reading and like new things that I'm learning. One thing is I always want a Dr. Pepper in the fridge. Like, cool. Like I, this is, it's silly, but like that to me is symbolic of like, I have my dream life. Um, I'm trying to remember what else. I mean, the, the last three things are like happy Cobb, happy kids, happy me. Like just feeling like I'm happy. Um, anyway, but I, I feel like actually making a list and identifying like what matters to me because then when I do see somebody else who is like killing it with their kids or does fun crafts or has a rocking business or whatever it is I can be like okay the things that actually matter to me are these things like mm -hmm. these are the things that I'm hanging my hat on I don't need to feel bad about x y and z yeah does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like that probably, yeah, really helps with comparison. Because mm -hmm. then you have your own idea of what success means to you. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, the other thing that I'm trying to adopt, um, I learned this from a friend, is the phrase, it's good enough. Mm. <laughs> because especially yeah. like in um, like parenting stuff, Oh, I used to beat myself up over like 
in my head, I'm this mom that does like these cute Pinteresty things. But as it turns out, I'm really tired and I don't have the energy to do that kind of stuff. And so instead of saying, I, I like suffer from this kind of all or nothing kind of thinking. Mm, yeah. Instead of saying like, oh, I can't throw a Pinterest worthy party for my two-year-old who's not even going to remember it, by the way. I'm just going to do like the low key version and it's good enough. And that has like really changed how I approach things because I'm like, it doesn't have to be Pinterest worthy. It doesn't have to be fancy. Like I'm doing this so that I can have a happy kid. It's good enough. So I say that all the time. It's good enough. It's good enough. I think sometimes people are surprised actually. Like if you come over to my house, you'll be like, oh, your house is kind of messy or your kids have been wearing the same clothes for two days. And I'm like, it's good enough. Like, I feel like that's going to be me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That is the, I will say that is the fun thing about parenting is being able to like have that choice. Like you get to yeah. choose what things are important to you. Yeah. And you know? I feel like it's kind of, you could compare it to your relationship too. Like if you take your couple and you look at your life and you compare it to someone's life on Instagram, like you could be like, okay, like I'm not traveling three times a year. Mm -hmm. Like I don't go to these fancy like hotels and stuff. And like, we're not going out every weekend and stuff. But at the same time, I don't even care about all those things. Although like, I can't wait to travel with him, but Mm -hmm. every morning and every evening, I am, I wake up and I go to bed in the same bed as Sam. And I'm just like, I feel like the luckiest girl in the world. Like, even if we only got to spend like an hour or 30 minutes together, because life is crazy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, it's still the perfect life for me because I get to do it with him. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes it's seasons. Like, yes. right now we're in a really busy season. And I think you are too. Mm-hmm. So of course, like your relationship is not going to be the same as in like a calmer season where you have more time for each other and everything. But I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to judge that. I just feel like it's just yeah. a season, you know? Yeah. I feel the yeah. same way. And aren't you, are you working full time? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. The busiest, okay. The busiest I have ever been was when I was in don't mind my kids crying. Um, I don't even like, I don't even hear them anymore. Okay, good. (laughs) I swear. It's like the minute that I get on the phone, they decide to like choose the loudest decibel ever. Um, anyway, busiest I've ever been. Don't mind it at all. Okay, good. (laughs) Uh, Busiest I've ever been is working and in school and then like just working full time. Like when, when do you like go to the bank? Like, oh, it's... oh, I think you froze. Okay. Sorry. I, I lost you for oh, a minute. I agree. Okay. I didn't it hear what you said. After the... is oh, <laughs> I didn't hear what you said after the bank. Oh, just like, um, sorry, I gotta adjust this. Um, that schedule is 
so freaking busy. Yeah. I have so much empathy for you. Like we just used to eat fast food a lot. It was like, this is what we have to do basically. Yeah. Yeah. You honest. Yeah. It's, we've had to refigure out the, the cooking too. Cause so I, for the last year I've been doing, I've been working full time plus having my business mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and doing overtime at work, which like mm-hmm. I managed and like you take care of your health at the same time, try to have a nice relationship, you know, all the things. <laughs> and then we're buying a house next year. So I've had to like, I'm doing more overtime because like, mm-hmm. you know, we want to get all that money. Um, and yep. I'm, I started school, so oh I'm taking three classes and I started this podcast. <laughs> so like, I look at my schedule at the beginning of the week and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I think I might have 30 minutes on Wednesday evening. <laughs> right. But like, I feel like everything I'm doing is so aligned honestly, like it's very, very much in line with the life that I want, like how I want to feel everything that I imagine for myself might not be ideal right now, but I'm still like, Mm -hmm. everything still makes a lot of sense for me. Um, and I still go to bed like pretty early. I still work out all the time. We still eat well because like we split that differently, which is like Mm -hmm. so important to like, Mm -hmm. that was honestly, I have to say this because I don't know if I'm the only one, but when I started school, I had all those things going at the same time. And do you know what the most stressful thing for me was, was figure out, figuring out what to cook, like mm. figuring out what we were going to do about meals. I was having anxiety, like intensely for oh like two weeks. And because like we both have, I would be the type to like, just be like, whatever, let's, let's have like, um, like the food service that just sends you either like the ready things or like the packages that just like you have the recipe and everything to make. And it's like 30 minutes, but we have both like different preferences. And he was like, he really wants us to cook ourselves and all that. So we finally like split it. We just like each pick a meal and then we like meal prep for the week. And, 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 but it was like the most stressful thing for me among all those things. It was just the meals. So, mm-hmm. so stupid, but like, then we figured totally it out it. and yeah, but now it's fine. So. Yeah. We used, so when, when my husband was in school, um, we didn't have a dishwasher at our apartment Oh, and we never had time to do the dishes anyway. Anyway, so we ended up using paper products for like a year. It was like, I was like, we just need to do something. Like we've got to eliminate something from our life. And that was the solution. Like we just have to eat on paper plates. Like we're going to make it up to the environment some other way. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I mean like, yeah, you do what you can. Yeah. It's like, it was just like, something's got to go. I always say that. I'm like, you need to like cancel one whole lane from your life. It can't just be like, oh, I'm not going to shower today. It's like, no, you have got to eliminate an entire section to feel better. Yeah. 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 You got to figure it out. Cause like it's, yeah, that one thing can just be like too much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I want to go another route. 
And I, I'm just really, I'm just really curious and I just want to know more about you, but I am curious about what your relationship is like. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, with my husband, I'm assuming I'm not my relationship with my kids. (laughs) Um, okay. So this is going to be sappy. I'm apologizing in advance. Also, I can't get too close to the camera because then I can see how greasy my hair is. So I gotta stay back. (laughs) Um, Okay, so here's the backstory. My husband and I met for the first time we were in sixth grade and we didn't even like speak. Like in sixth grade, you're not into boys, right? Um, And then we went to different middle schools, met up again in high school. And, um, I, again, I'm very decisive and I like dated other people kind of thing, but we were always really good friends. We were always, um, like flirtatious. I think he was always interested in me, like pretty much only interested in me. And I kind of like bounced around (laughs) for a bit, um, (laughs) Anyway, our, let's see, junior year of high school, we started dating and I remember very distinctly thinking, I'm just never going to break up with him. Like I like him. I want to be with him. And I wasn't necessarily thinking like, I'm going to marry him. It was just like, I'm never going to break up with him. I don't ever see that happening. Anyway. um, I love that. And we never did. Um, so fast forward, graduated from high school. I moved um, just like an hour away to go to college. And he left um, to serve a mission for our church. And it was actually when I moved to, away to go to college, we decided that like we were going to break up because like we'd be in different places and he was going to leave on his mission anyway. Um, so we like broke up and it was horrible and we both cried and like 12 hours later I called and was like I don't want to be broken up and he's like I don't either (laughs) so that was like the one time that we like broke up Um, and then while he was gone so he lived in Slovakia for two years and I was in college and I like it was the kind of thing where he left and we were like, we really hope things work out, but you never know. We're going to leave it open. And it kind of like no expectations. Right. Um, and so during that time I like dated other people and we stayed in contact the whole two years that he was gone. Um, but it wasn't necessarily like, I love you so much. I can't wait for you to come home. It was more like, Hey, we're really not just good friends, but like, we're really close. Like we're really supportive. It was like keeping each other really updated. Also, I should add my family loved him, loves him, but especially loved him. (laughs) Um, So we're like very invested in our relationship as well. So um, when he came back, I had like dated other people. And I had pretty much decided like, unless he is weird and we don't get along anymore, I'm pretty sure I want to pursue a relationship with him. 
but I didn't know how he was going to feel about things. So he got back and we saw each other and I was like, we pretty much just like picked up where we left off. Um, and I remember telling him, well, two important things happened. One, I told him like, Hey, I don't want to talk about anything serious. I don't want to talk about marriage until I'm like 500% sure. And he's like, yeah, totally. Like, we're just gonna like, let's just date. Let's just date and see how things go. Um, so that was part one. And then the next thing was, I was like, Hey, I dated while you were gone. And he knew that I had kind of thing, but I was like, I would totally understand if you feel the need to like date other people. And I was like, but I would really like it if you didn't do that. <laughs> and, um, this is very true to his nature. He was like, why would I want to date other people? I already know that I love you. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> anyway, oh, so, um, so that all happened within like a month of him coming back. Like those really that, um, those conversations and stuff. And then, um, it was honestly like a week after that, that I was like, Hey, I'm 500% sure. So, <laughs> like whatever you need. Anyway. So that was like January of, um, 2011. No, not 2011, 2014. And we got engaged, um, in the spring and then we got married that fall. So, um, it was like within a year of when he got back and I have a very, um, like, I really believe that we choose like our destiny. We choose who we love. We choose our spouse. And I really believe that it was 100% my choice, but I also 100% believe that we were like destined to be together. Like I 100% believe that we are soulmates and like meant to be together. So I don't know how those two things work because I both, I believe both of them so strongly. Um, but, and it feels weird to say like, we have such a great relationship, but I like of all the things in my life, that relationship is the one constant like I love that so much and we are very much like you know how some couples are more opposite and some couples are more similar we're very much more similar like we have like our families obviously we went to the same high school grew up with very similar families have similar values like similar expectations um the only way that we are different I would say is the way that we like handle stress (laughs) because Mm, yeah he is like most even keeled, steady, like does not get bothered. He doesn't get stressed. I remember asking him like, what's the maddest you've ever been? And he was like, probably right now. <laughs> like he just doesn't get mad. He's so even tempered. And I oh, am like this. Really? you never know how I'm gonna feel no I I feel like we he's actually kind of like mellowed me out and I think part of this is just like being a woman and having a cycle and all that kind of stuff but I feel like I am a roller coaster of emotions and I feel things so 
deeply and he is just like I'm good yeah. like and like he doesn't get overwhelmed by stuff I'm like have you ever been so overwhelmed that you just didn't know what to do and he's like I don't think so not really I'm like yeah some people well I think that it's probably the temperament I'm more like you I think mm-hmm. that we probably have some highly sensitive um genes in there because mm-hmm. that's like a her- hereditary thing where you just have um less tolerance basically mm-hmm. and so you're more easily overstimulated so like whatever it is we just have less capacity to like handle it I think mm-hmm. my theory yeah and like I, I think felt- oh go ahead oh so I was just gonna say I think you're probably empathic also which means mm-hmm. like yeah so that's also adds because then you feel everything so much so Mm -hmm. um I read this book oh I'm trying to remember it was I think it's called highly sensitive people or highly intuitive people I can't remember but basically the book says that highly sensitive people they feel the emotions of like whoever they're talking to and their own emotions which is totally true for me because like like if somebody, this would happen to me in school. If somebody was standing in front of the class and I could tell that they were stressed or nervous, like I would feel stressed or nervous for them. Like, oh, and I feel like you kind of have that when you're a mom too, because you're like, oh, these are my kids. But it is like tenfold. Like if my kid is in the same place and I feel like somebody is not being nice to him, I feel like his fear and I feel my like, protectiveness and it's like the emotions are so strong I'm just like I can't handle this <laughs> oh Ooh, yeah oh my so, god yeah. it's a gift and a curse definitely yeah yeah it is sometimes it it's um I feel like I got so used to managing like I had to like it was a necessity to like learn how to manage my energy and like set boundaries and not take on other people's stuff Um, Mm -hmm. but I noticed recently, like in the last year, like with Sam that, um, and it's the same with anyone. It's just that I've been closest to him physically and Mm -hmm. I can sense like the person's emotion when we're talking and like when I'm with them, but when I touch them, it's like, (laughs) it's as if I'm like living it as intensely as they are. Like, I just feel everything. Like we could be in bed and I kid you not, like if I'm like lying on the side and I have my hand on his chest, I, and Mm -hmm. he's, I'm like, are you stressed right now? And he's like, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) And I like feel it completely. And I'm like, oh my God. And I noticed myself and I was like, why am I feeling this way? Like, I'm not, I don't have anything to like be stressed about. And then I noticed that I'm like, that it's coming from him. Mm-hmm. I totally, I mean, I don't have that necessarily with the physical touch thing, but feeling like our energies are so connected. We both have that actually, like, especially now that we're both home all day together. Mm. Um, it's very much like, like, I can just tell that you're stressed, like what's going on out here kind of thing. Anyway, it's really, really interesting. Yeah. How has it been like, Cause I feel like it went two ways for people being home with their spouses. Like either mm-hmm. it got really fun and like brought you closer or it was like, okay. 
I have wondered how many people have like broken up because they spent 24 hours a day with their significant other and they're like, actually, I can't stand you. Yeah. Um, So like I said, I think there are some couples who thrive on having like different hobbies and doing things separately. Mm. And we are just not that way. (laughs) Like we have always done things together and like, like being together genuinely yeah. like all all of our hobbies we pretty much do together um even if it's something that I wouldn't typically enjoy well that's not true he really loves biking and I am not a biker but that's pretty much the only thing that like we do separately everything else like shopping tv crafting like whatever it is we do it together and we often will try to like come up with some creative project to do together like um a few years ago so he's a software developer so a few years ago I designed an app and I was like hey let's build an app together just because like I wanted to do a project together anyway which I think that app is still in the app store by the way I should check on it um that's anyway so being home together during quarantine has been I mean it's been stressful for all the normal reasons like when kids are freaking out and he's on an important phone call kind of thing. But as far as like personality wise, I've loved it. And I've loved it because we get more time together than we would typically get, like having lunch together every day and that kind of thing. I really like. So his company just told us that they're going to be working remotely till July of 2021. So, Oh my God, that's so fun. I know. So we got to figure it out because we just have a two bedroom apartment. We're also trying to, um, buy a house. Yeah. So we're kind of thinking like January, that's when our lease is up. So we're kind of thinking like then we'll do something for real, but I don't know. We'll have to see. We've been like ready to buy a house. Like, okay, we should probably buy a house. We thought we were going to buy a house like six months after we moved here. And then I was like, wait, we just had a baby. I don't want to buy a house. <laughs> and then COVID hit and all the things, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. That will be at some point. Yeah. It was the same for us though. We, I wasn't, I was, we were anticipating it. We weren't sure how it was going to go, but it right. turned out that we loved it. Like we had so much fun and mm-hmm. it was the same. Like we just had more time together and it was just like, it was great. He's more, he, we're both introverted, but he is more than I am. So he needs more Same as us. Well, time. I feel like I'm more of an extrovert, but he's definitely an introvert. Mm. So he needs a little bit more alone time than I do. So, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I, let's say like he wants to watch his shows because he has shows that I don't like, which is like mm-hmm. fine. Cause then he gets his time and I do my personal development or like you know all the things like I just love or like podcasts or courses or working on my business like um and yeah or like going to see like my mom or like going for a walk or something and Mm -hmm. but yeah it's the same for us like we love spending time together oh that's so nice and I don't think like my so my sister has like a totally different relationship and they're also different phase of life, like very busy. And she, like, they are a couple who like needs more time apart. And I think that's totally fine. Like not everybody, like we all have just different 
needs and different thresholds of how we like to spend our time. So I never want to make anybody feel like, oh, I don't enjoy spending 100% of my time with my spouse. Like, there's yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I would say the biggest challenge of like the whole quarantine thing is that I just need a break from my freaking kids. <laughs> and that's really hard because like Cobb is so great. He'll often be like, Hey, I'll take the kids tonight and you can do work or go browse target or whatever it is. But I'm like, I don't want to break from you. I just want to break yeah. from them. <laughs> so that's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I really miss uh, um, being able to go out like before we had kids. I really, yeah. like, I'm really glad that we had that time. And I like, look back fondly on those memories yeah Yeah. we still have about three years before we get kids we have kids so I'm like every single moment I'm like okay yeah let's take advantage of this time yeah before we were together before we had kids too um it'll be five years but that was a good good amount of time for us yeah yeah it's just, yeah, it's just not ideal. Like it'll be better in three years. I would be, yeah. anyways, you know, it depends on the person. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It's so hard. Even now, like having had kids, I'm like, do we have another kid? When oh. do we have another kid? Like, how do we, oh, it's so, it never gets easier. Yeah. It just gets harder because you're like, now I know what to expect. <laughs> No, I yeah. do think there's something you said for like, you've done it once. Like my second pregnancy was definitely a lot easier emotionally just because you know, I kind of yeah. what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. We always thought that we wanted to, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> we like started thinking about it and we we're like, maybe we should just have one. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Not have it be too much. <laughs> right because we are so introverted and yeah after we had Peter I was like well hope you enjoy being an only child because there's no way I'm doing this again like so I no shame in the one kid game yeah I think like I remember thinking like I must be crazy getting pregnant again because I know how awful it's gonna be I did not enjoy being pregnant. I didn't really enjoy, um, like just having a newborn is hard. So, yeah. but like the toddler phase and like the, um, like Davy is about a year old, like is so, so fun has really like filled my bucket. So mm. I like that you're honest about that. Yeah. I feel like this is one thing that's hard for me. Um, the way that people talk about motherhood specifically on Instagram is not how I've experienced it. And that has like, now I feel like I'm more comfortable, but that's been really hard for me to feel like other people just love being moms. Like other people don't feel the need to do anything else. Like they're just moms and they're so happy with that. Like what's wrong with me? Because I fully, like, I love my kids, but I really want to do other stuff too. Like I really, really love to work and I'm good at working and I want to do that. And so 
anyway, I think a lot of people feel that way, but for some reason, when we get on Instagram and I do it too, you write a stupid caption like, the only thing I ever care about is that you smile. Like, <laughs> I don't know why that comes out of our mouths. Like, I remember um, I had a friend who, and like, no shame on this friend, and I hope she really felt this way, but she wrote some kind of caption like, as soon as they smile, everything is worth it. And I had a really rough, like, postpartum experience, went through some really heavy postpartum depression after I had my first baby. And I remember when he smiled for the first time and distinctly thinking, it was not worth it. You smiling does not make this worth it. And um, feeling like, oh, I'm doing something wrong. Like, I'm a bad mom. Or I'm a bad person because I'm feeling this way. And Cobb is so awesome. He's like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, like maybe she really feels that way. I hope she does. But like, it's not unusual. You know, you have this little tiny baby that needs you all the time. You're learning to do all of these things. Your body is wrecked. Like I always tell people, I'm like, imagining, imagine being hit by a truck and then they send you home with a newborn baby. Like, how would you possibly heal from that? <laughs> so anyway, Cobb's like, that's just the way that people talk. It doesn't mean that everybody loves every second of motherhood and you don't. It's just, for whatever reason, the way that we talk about it. Yeah. So, and there are some like awesome accounts who provide some like realness too, but I just find like, I've experienced the whole spectrum. I. I love being a mom. It's really important to me to be a mom, but there are things that are really, really hard about it. And there are things that I do not get from being a mom that I really get from like working and trying to run a business that has been like so fulfilling to me. It's like, I yeah. just did this exercise where I made a list, surprise, surprise, <laughs> of, um, like my life pillars, basically like the yeah. things that I feel like hold up my life. And it was basically like family, kids, um, like spirituality and feeling connected to God and my business. Like that is one of the things that holds my life up. And I think for so long, I felt like I shouldn't want that or it's not really that important or like it's just like materialistic to do that but for me it's like it is about providing for my family and bringing in money but it's also about like developing my talents and meeting new people and using my skills to serve other people like all of those things so it's yeah really important for me but not everybody yeah. has the same like life pillars right no, no, but I understand. I, it's funny because like, I don't know if it's, sometimes it depends like how the family you grow up in, but I guess because your maybe your mom didn't work, it was like, it was just normal, I guess, mm -hmm. um, for you to consider that basically as just being like the normal for you too. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why like, it might be hard to like picture something else. Um, mm -hmm. But I, it was never like an option for me, like mm -hmm. never ever in my life did I consider not working. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but I don't, and I'm not saying there's a right or wrong. 
I think no, that, yeah. yeah, every, every single woman or like her father or like every single parent, whatever, like the only thing that matters is that they feel that what they're doing is right for them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. whatever that is, perfect. Um, but, and I do remember just because I'm like, as you say that I realize, and I always kind of have this realization, um, like most women around the world have to work. And the fact that that was like an option for me is a luxury and a privilege that I do not take for granted. And I like, it's very important to me that like we work towards a world where more women have the choice of how to spend their time with kids, without kids, whether they have kids, like all of those things. I have really been learning that and trying to, trying to understand that more. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Um, But I understand where, when you said, so this is the way that I see it. I've always felt like, it's weird because like, if I, if I were to like, my identity was a circle there would be mm-hmm. Ellie the woman there would be Ellie the partner mm-hmm. um Ellie the business owner and coach and Ellie the mom eventually mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but I wouldn't feel complete without any of those and mm-hmm. and so like I I and it I never, I feel like if I just wanted to start a business just to make money or just to like, you know, say that I have a business or whatever, I don't think that I would still be here, like be having one because it's Mm -hmm. so hard. It's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's a part of me and I can't imagine not having one. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't feel like myself. So even if it's hard, it's, you know, a hundred percent worth it for me. Yeah. I feel the same way. Um, I, can I ask, I just wanted to touch on something that you said, because I feel like it's just, I, I like that you opened up about it, but, um, you talked about your postpartum depression. Oh yeah. I, I, what do you want to know? (laughs) Well, I mean, I just want to know what it was like for you. I guess. Yeah. So, um, I feel like I, I'm kind of like a high strung person normally, like that's more of my temperament. Um, and so, but I had never experienced like clinical depression or anxiety. And so after my first son, Peter was born, um, I had, a, I mean, not, here's the thing. I didn't have like a high risk pregnancy, but when people say like, Oh, did you have a bad pregnancy or an easy pregnancy? I'm like, there's no such thing as an easy pregnancy. It's all hard. So like I have a, Oh, you froze. Rebecca. Did I freeze? Oh yeah. Sorry. You did. I can hear you okay can you hear and see me now yeah yeah anyway long story short pregnancy was rough (laughs) 
You froze again. No, dang it. <laughs> as soon as I start talking, it's just the universe not wanting yeah. me to. <laughs> oh, no, we uh, want to. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I had Peter. And first of all, I had a hard time physically recovering. Um, I had like infection after infection after infection. So that was really hard. Like we got, let's see, I had Peter on a Saturday and within one week I had been back to the hospital like four times. Is and it TMI so, if I asked what kind of infection it was? Oh yeah. yeah. So, and here's the stupid thing. You're not supposed to take a bath after you have a baby because you basically have like an open wound down there. Right. Yeah. They tell you that. But I'm like stupid and I'm like, all I want to do is take a bath. That would feel so good to take a bath. So I don't know if that directly, like that's how I got an infection, but that was one stupid thing that I did that now I always tell people like when they say don't take a bath, they mean it. Don't take a freaking bath. <laughs> oh crap. I think you froze again. Rebecca. Okay, it's not oh, you froze. Okay. You're back. Okay. Um, so I got a UTI, which is really common because when mm. they give you an epidural, they give you a catheter, which again, I didn't know. Um, what? So I got UTI. Yeah. So that you don't like, cause you're numb. And so if you don't have a catheter, you'll just pee all over yourself. Are you serious? Yeah. Nobody ever told me this. If you want an epidural, you have to get a catheter. But here's the thing, when you get a catheter, you can't feel it because you have an epidural. So it's really not that big of a deal. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. When she told me, she's like, okay, and then we'll come in to put the catheter. I was like, uh, excuse me. Uh. I'm like, how did nobody mention that? Anyway, I am like a very like modest private person. <laughs> and so, but for some reason, when I was like having a baby, I was like, welcome. Uh. Like do what you got to do. kind of thing. I think it's just like, I had no um, pride at that point. So it was like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so I had some infections. I got a breast infection um, really? because you're breastfeeding and then your milk comes in. And if you don't like get the milk out, you can get an infection, like all these things. Um, so so physically, I was not doing well. Move. Um, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. I was just, I'm going to move right here. See if I can get a little bit of a better reception. Um, <laughs> and the, the thing that kind of made me realize, like, maybe, maybe this isn't just like, oh, things are hard and I'm having a bad time was the fact that like, I, I couldn't handle it. Like th this is a stupid example, but one time we were going to the pharmacy to pick up a prescription. I'm with my husband in the car, we have the baby <coughs> and he goes in to get the prescription and I'm sitting in the car and it was like kind of taking a long time. And I like, could not handle it. Like I just started 
freaking out like where is he why is this taking so long like the baby's gonna need something and it was like beyond the realm of like hey this is taking forever like I even remember I called him and um he didn't answer and I was like maybe something went wrong inside the store like I remember thinking like somebody could have gone in the store or in the pharmacy and like held him up at gunpoint and maybe he's dead by now like what <laughs> um and so by the time Cobb gets back in the car I'm like sobbing uncontrollably and he's like hey what's going on and I'm like you were gone and I didn't know what was happening and and he's like okay 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 anyway it was like a very dark scary time for about six weeks after Peter was born I felt that way and I just felt like like miserable isn't necessarily the white, the white, the right word to describe it. Um, it was more just like really unhappy and like, like kind of like tunnel vision. Like normally if you're going through like a stressful season or a hard period, you're able to say like, okay, this is hard, but like, I can see I can see the end of it, right? Like I have to get through this week or I have to get through this semester of school. And for whatever, I mean, not for whatever reason, I was depressed. Um, I couldn't see that. Like, I just felt like it was like so heavy and so dark and there was just like not a way out. Um, anyway, and the other thing that's tricky is having never like experienced that before, I, I knew that I needed help. Like I knew that I needed to go to a doctor and say, I'm depressed, but I didn't really know how to go about that. Sorry, my so diffuser is going really intense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was like, I don't yeah. know what to do. Like, do I just call my gynecologist? Like, there's, there's not really like a clear path for that kind of thing. Anyway, so that's what I did. Um, I basically just called my doctor and said like, hey, I think I'm depressed, what do I do? Um, which even though I knew it was totally fine to be depressed and that there was nothing wrong with me, it still felt kind of uncomfortable to like call the doctor's office and be like, hey, I'd like to schedule an appointment. And they're like, okay, what's going on? I'm like, um, I think I'm depressed. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm really glad I did that because I went and talked to the doctor. She had me like fill out the little form, you know, all of these things. Like, And one of those things was like, I have been able to manage stress or challenges in the last two weeks. And I was like, no, do not agree. <laughs> I cannot handle anything. Anyway, um, so I started taking antidepressants. I know that like everyone makes different choices, but that's what I decided to do. And it was night and day difference. Wow. Like I felt better immediately. And I don't know if that's because, you know, it was just a hormone thing or if it was a placebo effect or whatever, but I felt better immediately and, um, like made me so, <laughs> I remember feeling like, oh, this is how it feels to like be a new mom. Mm. Like I remember I um, had a friend who had a baby about the same time as me. 
And while I was in the midst of this like heavy depression, she texted me and was like, we are so lucky to be moms. Like, can you even believe it? And I thought she was joking. Like, I literally thought she was being sarcastic because I was like, ha ha, yeah, who would ever say that? Like, are we lucky to be moms? No, I'm in hell. Are you kidding me? And after I talked to my doctor and got on some antidepressants, I was like, I love being a mom. Like, I'm so happy. Look at this perfect baby. Look how amazing this is. Like, my family is supporting me. I have I like my heart breaks for people who don't feel that way. And sometimes it's related to depression. Sometimes I just lost you really, really grateful that I did too. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, what was no, the last thing I was? Um, you, well, I mean, it was just after you said that uh, you had you finally felt like lucky about being a mom. Yeah. And then, so I'm just really grateful that I got to feel that way. And I know that like everyone experiences their feelings about motherhood differently. Um, so I don't want to make it sound like, Oh, if you don't like love being a new mom, then you're depressed because that's not always the case. But for me, it was like a very significant shift from feeling like I hate my life to like, wow, what a miracle to be where I am. So I'm just really grateful that I got to experience that. And um, with my second pregnancy, I felt a lot of the same feelings, like while I was pregnant, feeling like the same like anxiety that I just couldn't handle. Um, And so I went and talked to my doctor. This is, I'm just like throwing this out here because I didn't know some of this stuff and it's, I hope it's helpful for somebody else to um, hear this anyway. Um, a lot of people can experience like postpartum depression, even when they're pregnant. And mm-hmm. so it's like, cause your hormones are just trying to regulate, trying to figure out what's going on in your body anyway. So, um, I didn't take antidepressants before I had the baby just because there are some like additional risks. But as soon as I had, um, baby number two, I started taking antidepressants too. And I had a much, much better experience. So I call it vitamin Z cause I'm on Zoloft and most important vitamin of the day. I, I, I'm actually really glad to hear that, to hear that you had such a good experience with it and that it helped you so much. Um, I feel like it's an important topic because it's the, the reality for a lot of people and mm-hmm. I wouldn't want there to be any shame around it because if that's what helped you um and it is about all the hormones and everything I mean Mm -hmm. then of course like yeah yeah well I'm so grateful that we live in a day and age where mental health is talked about so much because my I mean my mom has confided in me that she experienced a lot of postpartum depression but just like never really knew what to do about it or didn't even know that she was depressed she just thought like I'm overwhelmed I'm tired you know um so and I like obviously I know that there's still 
stigma around it, but I generally feel like I, I, I don't feel any shame in that experience. Like yeah. there's lots of things that we need modern medicine to help us out with. And that's just one of them, you know? Yeah. I, it's, it feels good to, to me to hear that because you can never know like how you're going to deal with it and how you're going to feel afterwards. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if I, if ever I am like depressed after my pregnancy or during, mm-hmm. I'm glad to know that there is an option that can help me feel normal again, basically, mm-hmm. because it's not like, correct me where I'm wrong, but I don't think it's about willpower at all. And it's, it's not like you can just work through that yourself. I think that it's, and during that time, like you're already going through so much. Can you really like expect yourself to be able to handle it all? And like, if we have the technology and we have like the resource, why not? Like if it helps. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a big believer in like doing all the things So, you know, like I tried to get more exercise and I tried to eat better things. And like the physical health part is still a challenge for me. Um, But yeah, I think there's absolutely no shame in like getting professional help and taking medicine if you need it. Like my husband was diagnosed with diabetes this year. And nobody's like, oh, well, have you tried just like willing your body to produce insulin? It's like, no, his body doesn't make insulin. He needs it. And like, that's that. And you know, it's not, it's not a big deal. It's not embarrassing. And I think that like antidepressants, anti-anxiety can be the same thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's so funny because when you, you were saying that you called your doctor's office and were like, uh, I'm depressed. Uh, I like actually had the same thing last year where I was like in a similar busy phase as I am right now. Um, but I was handling it all wrong. And, uh, I had a panic, like an anxiety attack in my car. Like after work, I was going to the gym and I like parked my car and I was, uh, I just could not move. And I like, I was frozen there, like crying for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And, but I was like unable, like Mm -hmm. I could not will myself, like I could not get out of the car. Like I couldn't do anything. Like it was just like, Mm -hmm. I was unable to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, but this getting to this point really scares me. Um, Mm -hmm. I like, I like called Sam and I was like, I, he's going to have to come get me. Like, there's no way that I can drive in this condition. Mm -hmm. And I called and I called my doctor's office (laughs) and it was like, you know, the receptionist and she's like, okay, so like, what's going on? And I'm like, and I just like spent 20 minutes, like crying in my car, like having an anxiety attack. And I'm like, um, I'm not feeling very well. (laughs) Right. And (laughs) it was so weird. Um, but then I had the best experience with my doctor. Like I went in and she was just like, I thought that a general like, like practitioner wouldn't be as receptive, I guess, to Mm -hmm. the mental health part. But I Mm -hmm. went in and she was so open and welcoming about it. And she had zero judgment. Like 
She just asked. Yeah. I, and that like being welcome like that was just, I, it took away all of the, like, I was like actually wondering if there was something wrong with me and she was just so open and, and it just felt really good. And, and yeah, so she like asked me those questions and, and she did offer, um, to, to take medication for anxiety, um, like, but just for the attacks, like not on a consistent basis. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm first going to try to fix my lifestyle because mm-hmm. there were a lot of causes of anxiety that I wasn't addressing. So I was like, right. I'm going to try to do this, but if like, but I did consider it like it, if, because I don't know, like if it's an imbalance or it's something that I can't deal with, like I went to therapy, like there was something mm-hmm. in my life that I mm-hmm. couldn't manage on my own. And I went to therapy. Like, I don't feel like it's that different, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I, I totally agree. And I was also surprised how, I mean, like I said, it was just my gynecologist and she was like, Oh yeah. She's like, don't beat yourself up. You're doing such a great job. Like you're taking care of this new baby. Let me help take care of you. Like, here's what I would suggest. Just so, so great. Wow. Yeah. And like, I'm everyone. Hmm? I would wish that kind of experience on everyone. Like, yeah, it would be great. Yeah. Because you're probably dealing with so much already that it just probably feels so good to have someone like validate Mm -hmm. those feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> um, all right. I think we're like, we've been chatting for a little while. <laughs> I know. I am like such a freaking chatty Kathy. <laughs> so I, I feel don't like know we if could go on. Like they were like, out, but feel free <laughs> to just cut out whole sections of me just rambling if you need oh, to. I no, I don't edit. I just whoop, upload. <laughs> I love that. I feel I feel like we might have to do uh, a Rebecca number two. <laughs> yeah, we totally should. Yeah, because I feel like there are so many other things that I wanted to talk about that we didn't get to. Oh my gosh! And I, yeah, I'm like I could talk about so many, <laughs> so many different <laughs> things. Yeah, we didn't talk about business. I wanted to talk about like your choice and like choosing like the thing that you're on, like the thing that you're so sure about right now and like your journey, because that's so important. Like so many women struggle with that. And I know that, that you're aware because like a lot of women have asked you, like, how did you make your choice and all that? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just feel like there's so many things. Yeah. Let's do, we'll do a part two sometime. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. I feel all like right. I need to listen yeah. to maybe like your old or like your earlier um, podcasts. Do you have one where somebody's like interviewing you? I've done one. Yeah. I've done okay. one where I was interviewed, but it's a, like, it's, it was like early last year. My business wasn't the same. Okay. Why? I, feel like, I just feel like it would be fun to interview you. Oh my like, God. I'm like, yeah. I want to ask you all of these questions, <laughs> but I don't have a podcast. So like, let's put on your podcast. <laughs> Maybe eventually I'll be on someone's podcast and then you can listen to all my answers. Seriously, that'd be fun. Oh, that's so cool. All right, well, for sure. Then I think we should have a number two because I just, I think we could chat forever. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. That was so helpful. Yeah. Yay. So glad. I can't wait to hear it. I hope I don't sound like an idiot. No, not at all. I think it was perfect. And I, I love that you shared your story so openly. And at the same time, like, I love that we can talk about these things. And I love that we can do so in a way that's just normal. And like, mm-hmm. you know, light and just not light, because I, I don't mind heavy, but just like, it's there's no right or wrong. It's just we're just talking about it, you know? Yeah, like just that it is. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I, I really, I really appreciate that. And as I said, like when we started, everyone has their own story and mm-hmm. we didn't even get to your dreams. Jesus. I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> ah. um, Next, seriously, we'll do another one. Yeah. But I like, couldn't have predicted that you had this story. Like, it's so interesting. It's so amazing. It's I love it so much. It's funny because when you were like, everyone has a story. I'm like, I know that I do, but I'm like, jokes on her. My story's not that interesting. <laughs> but it is. So I'm like, I'm glad to hear you say that. I think you just don't realize because you're like, I've lived it, that yeah. it could be interesting to somebody else. Oh yeah, sure. And I don't think that the story has to be extraordinary because more people do connect with like uh, normal life where the things that happen are universal. Like so many other yes. moms have probably struggled with that, right? Yes, yes, so. absolutely. And business totally. owners, like we all have the same struggles, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Oh, well, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm so glad that we did this. It was of so fun. Course. Me too. Let me know if you need anything else from me. Oh, I didn't even ask like, oh yeah. Do you want me to put like, do you want to talk about your website or I can put all your links somewhere yeah, for next put, time. Yeah, my Instagram or something. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cause your next stories are always nice. Like more of the business stuff. We can get into that. Yeah. I think that's going to be interesting too. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, have a good night. I will talk you to you too. soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and found something valuable. I'd love to talk to you about something I've created. If you found yourself feeling overwhelmed by business and if a lot of the advice out there doesn't resonate with you, I'd like to invite you to consider my coaching program, Biz Made Easy. In this program, I walk you through the simple business principles you need to create a sustainable business that feels good and that feels easy. It's everything you need to do things your way and use your intuition to guide you in your business journey. Combined with that, we dive into the mindset and healing work that finally allows you to show up fully in your business, be comfortable being seen, feel confident with what you know right now, Trust yourself in your ideas and believe that your dreams are, in fact, possible. It's a lifetime access program with six modules walking you through tools and principles you need for business and mindset. Plus, the program includes live coaching rounds where we meet multiple times a year for six weeks of live coaching and working on your business and mindset together. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. I'll also leave more info in the show notes about it. 
And if it sounds like a right fit, I would love to welcome you into the program, see you and your business grow, and create a beautiful space for you to do business your way. Thank you.